This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. An Eye for an Eye podcast contains subject matters that many may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. A family desperate to move on. Talking to Channel 11 about a life-changing decision in 2012, Philip McKenzie was beaten so badly on a Jeanette Street, he was left a quadriplegic. Two other guys from the porch run off the porch, run down the steps and start kicking me in the ribs. I could feel it. My daughter's screaming. I can't breathe. I can't lift my arms. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. Because just a second ago, they was working. Good evening, and welcome back to Eye for an Eye podcast. I am your host, Matt, with my lovely co-host, Lisa. What up, everybody? And we are pleased to bring you my personally, most personal episode that we've done yet. Absolutely. With two of my good old friends. I'm so pleased to introduce Philip McKenzie and George Fidel. Hello, how you doing? How you doing? Say what's up, guys. (laughs) We are so pleased to be here tonight, Lisa and I. This is a completely new foray for us. We also want to thank Mara for being here and filming this episode, and we will be sharing the video online, so please everybody take a moment and check us out, because this is, like we said, total new ground, groundbreaking for us. For the first time, we are actually having a victim of a horrific crime on our podcast and telling his story personally firsthand and his best friend is going to be here to tell his side of what he saw for that terrible day and the events since then and you guys are going to be amazed at what has stemmed from that and all of the love and incredible innovation and great ideas that have come from these two gentlemen and several of our friends and several people since then and we'll get more into that obviously as we go delve a little further into it but I'm so pleased to be here, guys. Welcome. Thank you again for having us. Of course. Thank thank you for having us. Absolutely. We are, like I said, more than pleased. So I'm really, I'm going to stop talking. I I want Phil to kind of take it away here. That's really what we talked about. Uh, He's going to tell his story. And um, everybody, please, you know, take, take the time to listen. Do some research if you feel at all inclined. I'm sure you will. Uh, But really... Listen to this man and let him tell you what happened. So, Phil, please, if you would. Okay, so um, it was June 17th, 2012, Father's Day. And I uh, woke up early, excited. I called my daughter's mom. I asked her, you know, can I come down and grab my daughter? Uh, you know, he had a big day planned. She said, not right now. Uh, She's busy. We got things going on today. I was a little upset, but I was just like, okay, 
I'll I'll call you later. Um, day goes on. I'm calling. I'm texting. I'm not getting any replies. I'm starting to get upset, but I I, I ain't know what to do. So I just hung around down where I usually hang with my friends near Sixth Street Park, and you know it got later in the day, and it's like five six, and I'm calling. And she picks up, and I'm like, well, can I come up and, you know, see my daughter? And she's giving me a hard time. Oh, I'm not around, and I'm in Greensburg, and she's at the house with my mom. And I'm like, well, can I go up there? Is it, like, cool for me to, you know, go up there? Well, no, because I'm not home right now, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm just, I'm frustrated at the point, so, like, I hang up, you know. And day goes on, it gets darker, and I'm talking to one of my friends, George, and I'm like, you guys coming out, I'm trying to get my daughter, but it's not really happening, why don't we just, you know, hang out? He's like, sure, cool, I'm on my way to meet you. It's about 8.39 by this point, and um, I get a call. It's uh, my daughter's mom. She says, uh, you can go up there and uh, and get your daughter. I only go to your house. And I'm like, well, that's where I planned on going. So I hung up with her. And um, I called George back. Like, hey, I'm getting my daughter. If you want, you can, you know, come up to the house. We'll hang out. You know, it's my, you know, Father's Day. He was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, so he's on the way. Um, so I start walking up there, I'm with, I'm with a couple of friends of mine, uh, we're all, you know, excited that I'm getting ready to see my daughter, like, it was big for me, I was trying to be a good father, I was thinking I was doing everything right, you know, um, so, you know, I get up closer to the house, and starting to see that there's a lot of people on the porch, and it's just not not really my scene so you know i i stand next door which was a friend of mine's and we're talking on the porch for a second i'm just you know kind of watching the area seeing if everything was cool because my daughter was right on the porch i could see her so i was like all right well you know i'm gonna walk over here now because it seems like everything's cool nobody's really up to nothing everybody's just sitting around so i walk over and i told jandon go ahead and grab my daughter I was talking to GA at the time one of my friends who passed away and um me and him get done talking I walk over Janet and pass me my daughter you know she was a good friend of mine she handed me my daughter I'm holding my daughter and she's all bubbly and everything's you know seeming fine everything's cool I see her diaper bag in the doorway, so I start to go up the steps, and I'm like, all right, you want to go to daddy's house, you know, and I'm talking to her as we're going up the steps, at the top of the steps, I'm met by my daughter's mom's aunt, she grabs my daughter and starts pulling her out my arms, like, where do you think you're going? what what are you doing who told you you could take her all this you know noise and pulling on my daughter and i'm like 
well, you know, I'm her father, like, uh, I just talked to my daughter's mom, like, uh, you know, I'm just gonna grab the diaper bag and go to my house, she's pulling on my daughter, well, when she pulled, my daughter started crying, so I kind of let go, like, I'm shocked for her, and she steps back, hits the top step with her foot and falls, the guy that's sitting to the right in the chair, he stands up, he throws his forearm in my chest, I'm like, whoa, I'm just trying to get my daughter, like, I was like, but don't put your hands on me, you know, and I went to reach for my daughter again, and he threw his forearm into my chest again, and now, this was backing me down a step, like, I was 165, this guy was like 225, 230, um, so I was really going back a step, like, I was feeling threatened, like, my child's right there, so I, I hit him when he did it the second time, because I had told him the first time, that it was a warning, like, you know, and, and I did, you know, and he, he fell back into the chair, but when he got up, you know, he came with a full head of steam, and we went over the railing, and I smacked my neck off the gas meter, I fell on the ground, I was instantly paralyzed, I felt the shockwave go through my body, as he's laying on top of me, he's punching me in the face, two other guys from the porch run off the porch, run down the steps and start kicking me in the ribs. I could feel it. My daughter's screaming. I can't breathe. I can't lift my arms. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. Because just a second ago, they was working. I was just watching them kick me over his shoulder. And my friend Janda, she ran over, her and a couple other friends, and they got them guys away from me, and I was uh, on the ground just struggling to breathe. My diaphragm was failing at the time, I didn't know. So as I was unable to really speak, it was just air, I was just like, can't move, can't breathe, you know, like trying to get that out there, they was picking up my arms, my arms wasn't working, they was like, get up, bro, the ambulance gets there, well, no, this is before the ambulance got there, the police showed up, okay, when the police showed up, they walked over, but he's like, looking at me on the ground, and he walks past, like, my, my side and over to the step. And he's staring at the people on the porch, like, what happened here? As I'm, like, really looking over at him, like, I can't breathe. Like, I can't move. I can't breathe. What do you mean? What what happened here? Call somebody, yeah. you know? Jeez. I was really wigging out, like. And my friends, they're screaming, you know, get him help. Get him help. You know, he just looked at me, like. They, the ambulance got there and they was rushing. I knew something was wrong because I couldn't move. I couldn't feel. They was poking me like 
pins and needles. And they rode me from the house down the western at Ballfield. I thought I was at the hospital. I, I really didn't realize that I was at Western at Ballfield. They took me out the back of the ambulance and I couldn't see the hospital lights. I heard the chopper. I I knew it was real. I thought I was I thought I was done for for real. I didn't go out. I didn't close my eyes until I got to Allegheny General Hospital, though. I seen the mirrors on the ceiling. I knew I was in there, and I felt like I was safe. That's whenever I went to sleep. Mm -hmm. This is George, by the way, and, <clears throat> you know, as long as me and Phil have been friends, we've known each other since the third grade. I remember when his daughter was born and he made me her godfather. When he called me that day and said it was Father's Day and I'm getting my daughter. And, you know, I was so dumb. I didn't rush out. I took my time. And by the time me and my friends got out there, Phil was already on his way to get his daughter. And so we're sitting at his house. We're just bullshitting. And I see a helicopter fly over the top of the building that we were at. And I made a joke that I still regret to this day. And I called in an easy seeker. And it was my best friend in that helicopter. And I didn't even know. So me and my friends, we start calling Phil and he's not answering. He's not answering. And we go looking for him. And we're walking all over Jeanette looking for him. And then I finally said, you know what, let's go to his baby's mom's house. So we go there. And I'm like, what happened? Where's Phil? And they're like, he got jumped. I'm like, what do you mean he got jumped? And they told me who jumped him, and I got incredibly upset. Because the people who did it shouldn't have been doing that. And I have said a few things. I said that I wanted to make sure that something happened. And it came across a little bit threatening to them, and I left. And I went to the police station. Because I wanted to find out where my best friend was. Because all they said was he got a life light. So at this point in time, I drive past the police station. And the, the guys who did it to him were standing outside. Smoking cigarettes. Laughing. BSing. So I park my car. I tell my friends to wait in the car. And I walk down to the police station by myself. I walked straight up to him. I didn't even know what really to say to him other than who hit my friend first. And the, the kid who did stepped up and I said, okay, now I know your face. And I went about my business. And I rang the doorbell to the police station. And a cop comes out and he says, hey, is your nickname Doughboy? I'm like, yeah. He says, give me one second. Next thing I know, I'm surrounded by 10 police officers, all threatening me to leave Jeanette because I made a threat to the people who jumped my best friend. And I said to the police officers, what would you do? You have no idea if your best friend is dead or alive. I mean, you'd be upset too. 
and they went on about how Phil wasn't the best, you know, example. And at the time he had gotten into some trouble, but it was all because he was trying to make sure his daughter was straight. And after going off on the cops, they told me never to come back to Jeanette. I left and I drove to Allegheny General Hospital from Jeanette, which is from Jeanette to the north side, a good half hour drive. And to get there to find out that I can't see my best friend since the third grade, I couldn't see him. I had to wait a whole week. I had to hug his mom. I had to hug his grandma. It's the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. And he's the strongest man I know. Oh, Lord. Wow. Thank you, guys. For... Wow. Um, so since then, uh, legal action was taken. Uh, there was charges brought against three individuals. There was, uh, there was never, never a trial. No trial. No trial. And it took until, let me make sure I get this right, what was it, 15, about 2015 before charges were even pressed? No, we're good for four years. Before yeah. charges were even pressed? Yeah. You're kidding. I was never given a police report, which I know there was one because I was life flooded, so... There has to be an incident report. There has to Isn't be. Who has to report when cops show up at all? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I believe so. Yeah, I mean they should file a report if if they have to call to a an ambulance or a, especially a, to call a life flight. So I'm pulling up a link as we speak from WPXI.com, but obviously. Now, Phil, you could tell us the story, but we, our podcast, we talk a little bit about, you know, eye for an eye basically asks, does the punishment fit the crime? Do we feel that at this point, justice has been met? Now, has there been, now, yeah, that, that was going to be kind of my question is like, has there even been a legal proceeding here to navigate through and to say like where it went wrong or where it could have been because i mean it obviously seems like there was a miscarriage of justice here and you say there has not been any legal proceeding no there there's been legal proceedings but they were all to my knowledge behind closed doors so far right um to my knowledge to have pled guilty to aggravated assault and have been given a year house arrest and five years intense probation and parole. Do you know what intense probation, like what that means? Um, Is it just like if they fuck up even a little bit, they're going to jail type of thing? I I have no idea the severity 
I know that Westmoreland is a little bit stricter than Allegheny sometimes, but... Is that where they were charged? Yes. So, it says here, yeah, you're right, Phil. Um, two gentlemen pled guilty to a count of aggravated... One count of aggravated assault. And... There was a third one. There's a third man involved, but I don't see it, where it says. That's still uh, in the works, I believe. He also, he pled guilty to one count of aggravated assault in January, a little earlier. So, yes. And uh, we will share that link as well, along with the link to the podcast. So, yeah. if anybody wants to read the article. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, obviously, when we're talking about eye for an eye, there was really no trial held. I mean, it was a quick decision, it sounds like. They reached a pretty quick plea deal here, and somebody flipped on somebody else. And I got a lot of, like, mixed emotions about the whole situation because... I wanted to ask you that question. I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel, first of all, that justice has been met for you? Well, first, let's, let's talk about... If we can, if you're okay with it, your injuries. I mean, right. we did say that you, you, you know, you said you hit your neck, but we didn't really go into the lasting effects that that has had. What what has happened since then? True. Well, when I broke my neck, is I broke uh, my C four, so I, I'm severed. I'm a C four Asia A complete, which means that my spinal cord was completely severed. And uh, I have shoulder movement, but I am numb from the nipple line down. My arms don't work. Um, they operated on my neck. I'm fused from my C3 to my C5. There's rods in there, pins. It be hurting. It's... It's a mess. <laughs> so, clearly you've had serious, serious lasting effects from this. Um, and I think that's important to take into consideration when, you we'll know, talk talking about, about the sentencing and talking about, well, the lack thereof sentencing. Right, absolutely. Sentencing yes. Because, you know, that's a lot different than just, a, you know, a bruised eye. You know what I mean? That's, right. a, that's a lot different. Than when we either. talk about aggravated assault, too, so for anybody that doesn't know the difference between an assault one or an aggravated assault, it's the severity that determines the difference between aggravated and pure assault. So when we talk about severity, we talk about things like you said. There were three people involved against one person after... They inflicted massive injury. They continued to hit you and continued to lay it on. And those are things that typically would be weighed in as negligible factors of whether or not that would be. And typically in a case such as this, I would think that would be even more so of a mitigating factor. How much 
damage they ultimately did to you. And that, to me, is the most gripping thing. I mean, like, they, you know, I don't know how a judge didn't take that into account. I don't know who the judge was, and I won't even ask, you know, I won't do my research on that because I'll probably get pissed. But for that matter. Um, what uh, I do want to say is that after four, three, four years, mm-hmm. I'm now seeing my daughter on the weekends. Amen. And she's beautiful. She's six years old. And I had to make a really rough, rough, rough decision. My cards were laid out on the table for me. And it was, at the time, what was most important to me. And it's always been about my child. And it will forever be about my child. Amen, man. I'm glad you said that. The biggest fact is we all know it wasn't an eye for an eye. I mean, these guys are still out walking around. My best friend is confined to his bed. I'm surprised you, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't have. I'm surprised you had enough, um, what's it called? Wherewithal. Yeah, wherewithal to hold back. I mean, I would have fucking... I don't know how you did it, and I respect you so much for that because you could you kind of figure that I'm not going to make this any messier than it already is. You know, I need to be there for my best friend. I need to stand up for him. And if I'm behind bars because I fucking killed one of these people or I assaulted them, you know, that's not going to do anyone any good because I probably would have fucking It would be so goodbye. hard for me. I know what you mean. And, and George, I understand, Same you know, where, where you come from. I, you and I have known each other a long time as well, and... I know yes. what it takes for you to have to hold back. Together. I don't know how you did it, man. You have the strength like I've never seen. Well, the, I mean, the yeah, fact that they were right in front of the police station is really the... I mean, they were literally right outside of the entrance mm-hmm. of the police station. I mean, there's really not much I could do without mm-hmm. going immediately to jail. Yeah. Right. And at the time, I had no idea whether my friend was dead or alive. So that's all my concern mm-hmm. was. And, I mean, I had to call his mom tell her i mean basically tell her what happened and call his girlfriend and i had to tell all my friends because nobody knew what happened it was was really hard and the fact that you know my goddaughter can't be held by her father for the rest of his life unless a miracle happens there's far from an eye for an eye and i wish that something further would get done and i know that there's something in the works but you know, I cross my fingers because mm-hmm. they definitely need justice. Absolutely. I appreciate I, you I saying that. I 100% agree with that. I don't think the punishment fits. Well, there was really no punishment. A fucking house arrest for a year? Are you kidding me? I mean, I... Like, are you fucking kidding me? George, you hit the nail on the head to say I think everybody here knows it's obvious that justice was not met in this case. Far it's from it. Far from it. V- very far from it. Um, but... I also want to appreciate what you said about what Phil said, number one, about everything from the beginning of her life and since then up till now has been about your daughter. And you've made some sacrifices and you've made some hard decisions since then to have that ability and to be around your daughter and to be an influence in her life. And I mean, I honestly, I can't tell you how much I commend you for that, man, because there are so many people that would choose anger or resentment i feel like or would have some internal struggle where they could i mean 
I don't know how I would feel. I personally don't. I'm, I'm, you know, and I, I think I'm a pretty strong-willed person. I think Lisa would tell you that. I think George would tell you that. But I'm telling you, man, I don't know how you do it. And I, I for me, it would be hard not to want to have somebody like George, you know, go and try and handle it personally. But it's, you know, I'm also not the type of person to ever promote that sort of thing either. But I commend you so much, man, because you, like I, I said, you gave up a lot, but it also shows your character and your sense of self. And, I, you know, like I said, I'll shut up. But that's... It's, it's all about, you know, what I, I heard from my aunt, my aunt Linda. She told me, you have to persevere because life is going to get hard. Well, we persevere. And if anybody out there is listening and feels like, you know, I just want to tell you, like, we all know life is hard. And Phil just said it, too. But, damn, man. I mean, like my friend just said here, persevere. There are great, amazing things you can do with your life every day if you get up with the purpose to do it. Um, and Phil's an example of that. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a moment as well. A little bit about what has stemmed along with you know obviously we see that there was a lack of justice here but that doesn't always mean that things don't turn out for the best sometimes and that great things can't come from tragedy it's very true man you know um so if you guys don't mind i'd love to uh lisa do you have any more questions at the moment because i wanted to Oh, no, we could segue in. I mean, if I think of anything, Lord knows I'll ask Right, it. right. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of information floating around out there, but we'd love anybody, you know, please, if you want to find out more information, do your research. Um, that's, you know. Well, last but definitely not least, you know, this is George again, and I just want to say how much my best friend has inspired me. Oh, even to this day, he doesn't let this obstacle hold him back. I mean, he was a gold medal Olympic runner for a reason. Yeah, can I just say that, man? I, I remember Phil as being the fastest kid in seventh grade when I was in eighth grade. Oh, he was always the fastest kid, man. Dude was the fastest kid. So he was taller than me by like four inches, and I'm like looking up at this dude like, this kid looks you like see he's all the medals like on running the for a fucking yeah, gold medal next amazing. year, dude. Like, I, ran, saying, like, I ran USATF in the summertime. That was amazing. He has a ton of medals. I mean, a ton of medals. I mean, this man is a fighter. And nothing nothing holds him back. My collection, I'm missing some. It's been a couple years. You know, (laughs) (laughs) he's inspired me over the years. But recently, he really, truly inspired me. I mean, he's a musician. He raps, writes his own lyrics mixes his own music all right from his tablet and his fire that want that desire to be a musician has driven me to found and start up a nonprofit organization that has a mission to help support disabled musicians pursue their dreams i want to help people like him and i want to help him because I feel he deserves it. Because I know that if he was on his feet, he'd be out there right now doing shows. Mm-hmm. So I want everybody, please.
please take some time out your day to go to www.dreamsofmusic.org. It's dreams with a Z. Like Z's, catch some Z's. (laughs) Dreamsofmusic.org. And the link will be in our bio, and I'm going to put it everywhere so you guys will see. That'll be in the show notes. Um, So we'll definitely make sure you guys have access to that link as well. Definitely check it out. There's a lot of interesting things on the website. The tabs are amazing. We've Go already check it got out. multiple other musicians that have reached out to us and that we want to help. Yeah, that's what I wanted to point out, too, is that, like, George, since you mentioned to me that you had an idea for a nonprofit, that was a few months ago, I think it was. And then we yep. just really sat down last month and kind of went over some of the foundations of it. And uh, I was amazed. I was like, man, you already have several musicians in the manifold that's that want amazing. to help you or donors that want to contribute and try and make this effort real i mean we're having a show also and for anybody that's in the pittsburgh area if you want to tell them about yes. the outside summer jam i mean oh, it's summer yeah. jam cookout on sunday june 24th yes. 1 p.m to 8 p.m and lord willing this is going to be the first time that phil gets to perform since prior to the plan he's headlining i i know one of the opening acts is pretty trash but he's gonna try his best <laughs> it's you, you. It's yeah we also have a blind singer who's like a new age stevie wonder look him up on uh Wait, youtube so soul radio uh radio with a y r-a-y definitely talented also novocaine uh a blind rapper from Indiana. Yep. And we just signed up a local artist here in Penn Hills, in the Pittsburgh area, who's also partially blind. He's a young kid, 18 years old, very driven. And I plan on doing whatever I can to help him too as well. Cause this is the most amazing thing I've ever Isn't heard. That, yeah, definitely go incredible. check them out. The Vendetta. Like my heart just grew. Yeah, the Vendetta. Vendetta with a V-E-N-D-E-T-T-A. Vendetta, these guys are very talented. They're going to be the next big things. They actually put together lyrics. Yeah, I mean, and and this movement, I think, is incredible because, you know, I don't know how many people even realize how many musicians are out there that might have a disability that are trying to make it or break it on the scene. And, George, when we talked about it, you said the purpose is give them access to all the facilities and access to all the equipment. Everything they need. And all the mixing and, all you know, any artists or producers that might have any inclination to get themselves to the next level. Obviously, money is always the biggest issue with anybody. And if you can have somebody, some avenue for that, I mean, think of who, who might be out there might be the next big thing and have their opportunity come knocking at their door, but it doesn't always come knocking, you know? Anybody listening knows anybody who's a musician with a disability, please, please. definitely get in touch with Absolutely. me. Send them to the link. Let's all, I mean. Yeah, we're going to link everything. We're going to put the emails in the show notes. Definitely check out www.dreamsofmusic.org. With a Z. With a Z. D R E A M Z O F M U S I C dot O R G. Dreamsofmusic.org. And for y'all listening. If you can make a contribution, we definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. If you want to know more about our project and specifically what we're trying to do, please feel free to contact me. My contact phone number is right on the website, as yep. well as in the, the ability to email me. So feel free to reach out. 
And since it's an NPO, we're working on that tax write off. So, <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that wants that ability as well. Well, so, we're getting the EIN number all figured out, right, Joey? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you gotta say that for some people. Swear, um, but swear. it's honestly to me where we are now, just in the beginning stages of Dreams of Music and to what I for an iPod has become. I mean, to me, I think one thing I want to point out is just the power of people, man, the ability people have to come together and make something incredible out of anything, really. I mean, just an idea or an inspiration from a best friend or just some damn random idea or some mention somebody tells you on the bus or in the line for McDonald's, you know, like. It's amazing, the, tr the creative facility, the human foundation. I mean, I just want to point that out, and I want to thank two of my great friends sitting here that have done something like that, that have created three of my great friends sitting here, I should say. Everybody in this room is a creator, and I mean, we're all trying to do our best and point out, you know, the great things that can come every day if you really, like we said, put your head down and grind for it. Um, and if you'd allow us, um, guys, we would love to continue partnering up with you guys um, get, you know, other people's stories. So it doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily an eye for an eye situation, just getting stories out there, getting these musicians stories out there. Yes. That could be a mini segment as well. The we platform can, we can promote what we have. Cause I absolutely views. love your guys' mission. And I think that's the most amazing. I, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that. And I think right. that's so important. I did do a lot of research. There is other nonprofits out there similar, but they don't do everything. Yeah. Right. I want to do everything from A to Z, and we yeah. need everybody out there, all these subscribers, everybody listening to share, comment, like on our Facebook, on our Instagram, on our Twitter. It's all Dreams and Music Foundation with a Z. Dreams with a Z. So check us out. There's definitely a lot of information on there that you can go ahead and see for yourself. Absolutely. And, I mean... If one thing I for an eye can be to promote is great causes like this one, hell, I mean, we'll do it every time. So, yeah, everybody out there, please listen and thank you again. Um, George, Phil, thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for sharing your story and being so honest and, you know, really opening up, uh, you know, a, you know, a closet that I'm sure we wish could be buried and gone, you know. Right. Thank you for letting us on your show. I definitely appreciate the opportunity and you guys for coming through. It's been a long time, so I definitely, definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Um, so everybody out there, thank you again. Uh, do some research. Please look up, as we said, dreamsofmusic.org with a Z. Give us a look, like, subscribe, share, pass it along. Tell your friends, tell your fam, you know the drill. Everybody's been listening if you know what's up. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just say really quick before we sign off. Sweet. Phil has the most contagious smile I've ever seen in my life. He <laughs> smiles and I just immediately like smile. So <laughs> I just need that to be known because like every like couple, you know, every time we joke a little bit, he pops a smile and I just can't. I'm like grinning over here like a dumbass. So I just needed that to be known. Because it's infectious. And you guys, yeah. We got the studio right in his bed. Right? It's unbelievable. Honestly, I'm impressed. He's got more of a hook up than I for an eye. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I for an eye. Y'all got some crazy mics. She got the alien mic over there. The alien mic. Yeah, it's about to get up and walk away. It's like, what's that damn movie? Wally. Yeah. It's about to get up and start walking out of here. All right. 
Yeah. Yeah, right. Does like Mike Wazowski exactly? That's what we're gonna name Mike. That we just named it Mike. Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Shit! Wow, something just amazing happened. Turn up. Thank you guys so much again. Thank you, everybody listening. We love you guys as always. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Signing off. Bye. Peace. Philip is now a quadriplegic. He'll never be able to walk. He'll never be able to have kids again. And that is part of what made this decision so difficult for him and his family. And now he's trying to cope with the fact that the men who assaulted him will not be going to jail. Five years, 10 months, and 15 days. Not a day goes by that Philip McKenzie's family doesn't think about how life has changed. This Father's Day will be six years since a brutal attack left Philip paralyzed when he was trying to see his baby girl. I just need to know that my life changed, and all I'm trying to do is be a father. He's in his own prison every day. He's in prison in his body every single day. He cannot move, he can't feed himself, he can't hug his daughter, he can't give himself a drink of water. During the attack, Philip fell over a banister and snapped his neck on a gas meter at this home on Patton Avenue. All three men involved pled guilty to aggravated assault. Just took a plea deal yesterday. It was a decision Philip and his family didn't take lightly and still consider an injustice for him. Seeing my daughter, and that's really my main focus, trying to stay positive. He just can't get up and do what he wants, and they get to every single day, and that bothers me. Philip saw his daughter last weekend for the first time in four years because of the ongoing legal issues associated with the case. He said seeing her is the reason he agreed to a plea deal that doesn't include jail time. Once you hold her and hug her again and you spend time with her again, you kind of are willing to give up what you have to to hopefully see her again. Just full of life, you know, she... She knows that, you know, I'm different. She knows that I'm in a situation that she wants to help. And those two men were sentenced to intense probation and one year of house arrest. A third still has to be sentenced. But Philip is turning something very positive out of this. He is starting a nonprofit foundation to help disabled musicians like him. We'll have information on our website about that and how you can help on WPXI.com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.